My fellow writer over at Pucks and Pitchforks, Dan Rice, accompanies me on today's episode of Locked on Devils. We're going to preview game three and figure out where the New Jersey Devils go from here. They are down, but are they out? There's a lot to discuss with Dan. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, College Hockey Play by Play announcer, Devils Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part time credential media member Trey Matthews. I'm joined alongside my fellow colleague at Pucks and Pitchforks, and also my fellow credentialed media member. It is Dan Rice. He's a friend of the show, but it's been a while. So, Dan, how you been holding up? I've been well. I've been well. It's been uh, it's been an exciting end to the season. Uh, Devils set a lot of records, right? Uh, the huge chase for 100 points and all that. Um, and we get playoff hockey for the first time since 2018, which after everything that's happened the last, you know, handful of years here with COVID and everything going on in the world, um feels like a really really long time ago uh longer than it was uh but it, it was fun albeit you know the, the the result wasn't what we expected uh it was a fun couple of days this week over at prudential center yeah and you you talk about like the covid um situation and how it's been a while so when patrick kane scored in scored in game two that was his first playoff goal since the edmonton bubble almost three years ago. So we're talking about late summer of 2020. So, and it just feels like it happens, like it happened like a year or two ago, but it's almost three years since, uh, since Patrick Kane has scored in the playoffs. So definitely sort of a deja vu kind of moment. And, um, you know, the New Jersey Devils being back in the playoffs for the first time since uh, Taylor Hall led the way. And we were expecting for a different outcome because the last time the Devils appeared in the playoffs, unfortunately they were dealt in five games by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was a concern that I had going into the playoffs, which is there's a difference between being a regular season team and there's also a difference between being a playoff team. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of good teams uh, out in the out east. So you got the Boston Bruins, you got the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously you got the Devils, you got the Rangers, all plus 100 uh, points at the conclusion of the regular season. So it was bound that one of those teams were going to be knocked out in the first round and Right now, it's looking like it's the Devils. But before we get into the details of it, I want to hear your thoughts. So, like, what were what have you been seeing from the Devils up in the press box during these last couple of games? Uh, first off, the first game, I thought they looked tentative. They looked a little shaky. Um, going in, I didn't think that was going to be there. I, I just kind of assumed maybe that the, the talent would just kind of take over. Um, but we all kind of know playoffs is a different animal. Um, and they did a, a, the Rangers did a really good job at, at bottling them up. They're, they're very responsible defensively. Uh, maybe more credit than, than I or, or a lot of other people kind of give them credit for. Uh, they play really well as a unit. And they obviously stuck to their game plan to, to come in on the road and win two games. Uh, it's not easy in this league. Um, but uh, they do have that experience going for them, right? They have a lot of guys that have kind of been through this before. Um, most of their core group has kind of been in these situations and they start on the road where all the pressure is kind of really on the devils, right? Like 
they obviously didn't finish too far ahead of the Rangers, but they've been ahead of them for the majority of the season. Um, so a lot of people were expecting that the Devils would kind of come out, and, and I think I did too, kind of guns blazing, and um, they kind of fell behind, and, and the power play of, of the Rangers kind of took over. Um, both games, really, especially the first game, though, I thought it really changed the dynamic because the Devils get an early power play. They kind of come up empty, and then the Rangers score, I think it was 16 seconds on their first power play. So that's that's just kind of like a punch in the, the nads, really, like uh, it, and and kind of a, almost a reality check for the Devils players who, again, a lot of them haven't kind of been through these situations they have a lot of veteran experience on their team, right? Guys like Pilat, Tatar, and Hamilton. They've played on teams that have gone on playoff runs. But collectively as a group, this group of, of 23, 25 guys, they haven't gone through this together as a unit. Um, so there's little learning curves and experiences. And, um, you know, one of the, the moves that Coach Ruff made after the first game was uh, scratching Siegenthaler last night. A lot of people kind of scratching their head. Um, some of the, 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 the reasoning was to get Brendan Smith in a more physical, more experienced kind of defender. Um, but I thought Siegenthaler was a little shaky in it. And if I'm not mistaken on that first goal on, in game one, uh, he maybe tried to do a little too much. Um, didn't get the puck out of the zone. Uh, he was kind of fighting with it uh, along the wall. I think there was another Ranger player there too. And, um, Aaron pass ends up in, in Tarasenko's stick and, um, nine times out of 10, that guy's going to make you pay. And, and he did. Um, and he did it again um, last night in game two. Tarasenko again scores the opening goal for the Rangers. Um, the difference there is game one, it was giving the Rangers a lead, whereas last night it tied the game. Um, but yeah, just that, that first game, they just looked re really slow. Another thing I talked about a lot with uh, people before last night's game was the first game, the Devils, uh, you know, we're used to seeing them put up 40, 45, 50 shots this season per game. Sometimes they had 15 through two periods. And I think they finished with 23 or 24 that first game. Like that's sometimes that's a period and a half total um, 15 through two periods. That's sometimes a, a one period total for them. And so they just weren't getting the shots. They were maybe looking to find that perfect pass, make that perfect play. And, and a lot of times you just have to kind of dumb it down and, um, some of the players were saying that even after last night's game, like we, we have to start making it more simple for ourselves um, because we're not having that sustained offensive zone time because we're dancing around and we're trying to find this guy and make this play. Just start putting the pucks towards the net and it'll hit a body. It'll hit a skate. Um, you might get a rebound. Uh, you might get a funny bounce. And, and that's kind of, you know, how, how playoff games can, the momentum can turn and, uh, unfortunately for the Devils, they weren't able to find any of that momentum in, in either of the two games. Yeah, so according to uh, uh, Todd Cordell, uh, Siegenthaler led the Devils defenseman with a 66.92 expected goals for percentage in game one and was not on any of the New York's uh, power play goals. So, And yet he was still healthy scratch. So I get your reasoning, but I still think that there could have been a different avenue that Lindy Ruff would have taken. And I think what triggered a lot of the devil's fan base was that we that Lindy Ruff wanted more quote unquote physicality as confirmed in his post-game press conference. However, I personally don't feel as though physicality was the issue in game one in game one. In my eyes, the issue was that the devils just 
got outworked in special teams. So you obviously you saw Chris Kreider. He was able to net a couple power play goals. The Devils, they weren't able to get a single shot on their four power play opportunities, which is unacceptable. And I thought the execution in game two got a little bit better because like, uh, obviously Eric Holub, your boy, for, uh, the golden gopher from the University of Minnesota. Um, there we go. There we go. I, that's why I had to say it. But anyway, Eric Holub sc- scores on the power play. And what I saw previously was that I saw the Devils get their first shot on Shesterkin during the power play. And it just seemed like their confidence uh, went up just a little bit more. And as a result, Eric Holla out in front of the net, able to score. So that's where I kind of stood with the lineup uh, decisions. And given how, I don't know if you were at the practice this morning, but given how like Lindy Ruff has been forming the lines uh, during the course of uh, uh, the practice on Friday morning, it does leave me a little concerned just a little bit. Cause it's just like, what are we, what, what are we doing here? So uh, before we, before we talk about that, obviously we talked about some of the teams that uh, had a hundred plus points. So I mentioned the Bruins, I mentioned the Hurricanes, obviously the Devils. I forgot to mention the Maple Leafs, so don't worry, Maple Leafs fans, I I didn't forget you. Rangers, obviously, Lightning were just two points away from a hundred. Out of all, I, I I don't mean to make you feel bad or anything, but out, out of all the Devils writers I've interviewed, you are the longest tenured one. So I've talked to. Amanda Stein, Christy Flannery, Ryan Ovazinski, James Nichols, uh, well, maybe Alan Krita, but Alan Krita covers like all three of all three of the teams. Like yeah, he covers the Devils. And, yeah, he covers the Rangers, Islanders, and uh, and also the Devils. But in terms of just being the sole Devils writer, you are the longest tenured uh media personnel that I've that I've spoken with. So I want to get your thoughts. How does this team stack up to some of those championship caliber teams that you saw early on kind of thing, because the thing is the devils broke the franchise record for most wins in a single season. Jack Hughes was able to pass Patrick Elias for most points in a single season by a devil's player, Dougie Hamilton. He was able to tie the franchise record for most goals in a single season by a defenseman set by Barry Beck in the late seventies. And I could go on for hours, but basically the name of the game was that the devils, they were doing something that, hadn't been accomplished since like the early 2000s. How does this team compare to some of those championship caliber teams? Like what's missing in your eyes? Experience is one. Like those teams had a lot of guys that had been through the, the, the wars, so to speak. Right. You had, you still had Stevens and Niedermeyer um, in the early part of the 2000s. You still had Danico around Um, up front. You had Patrick Elias. He was obviously a devil's lifer. Um, before Gomez left, they had him. Uh, Rafalski was another big piece of that puzzle. John Madden. Um, all those guys, they had kind of, they came up as rookies within the team, but they, they developed really quickly. Uh, we saw a lot of that this season. Um, as far as regular seasons go, this team this season was, was pretty unmatched as teams that I've covered. Um, the only one I, that maybe comes to mind is, and, and I might get the, the season wrong, but I'm sure somebody will correct me. I think it was around the 06, 07 season when they went on a eight game winning streak uh, to end the season, to win the division on the last day. I think even in the last game, they were down to Montreal and they, they rallied to score like three goals in five minutes or something crazy. Um, that team was a team that I, that we thought was really going to go places. Um, and I, and again, I might be, mixing my my years up but uh, i think they get to the second round and they end up losing to a 
a somewhat inferior team in, in my estimation. But, you know, playoffs is a different animal. A lot of times the Devils have had success in the playoffs in their uh, previous history, franchise history. They just get the right matchups. Uh, the year they win the, the first year they win the cup, like they didn't have to go through the Rangers in, in 95. Um, same thing in 2000. Both, both times they go through the Flyers. The Flyers were a team that the Devils really matched up well with, and, and the Rangers really weren't. Um, I've, I've, and, and another point is like I've kind of been on both sides of this uh, Devils Rangers uh, playoff experience where uh, I've seen the Rangers beat the Devils in a series, and I've seen the Devils beat the Rangers in a series. Um, this this is a little different. This this Devils team is, um, in my estimation, they're they're already a success because I didn't and I told the, the guys when I was on the the Let's Go Devils podcast uh, right right before the playoffs, like we didn't expect them to be in this position. Contend for the playoffs, yes. Uh, I, I kind of figured they would be in the position that Buffalo or the Islanders were in this this past season, where you go to the last week of the season and it's, you have to win this game and need this team to lose. Um, this Devils team this year, this was a playoff team, you know, we knew in late December and then by the all-star break, we kind of knew they were playing the Rangers, right? It was, they were pretty locked into the two, three. Now I know they, they tied Carolina at one point and then they were one point back and you had all these opportunities. Came down to the final game of the year. And unfortunately, despite the Devils being the Capitals, the Mm -hmm. Panthers were unable to beat the Hurricanes. So unfortunately the Devils weren't able to get the first seed in the Metro. Right, and then that, that kind of changes everything. And and now I think, I think if the Devils played Florida, I think this is a different series. Obviously, like I, I don't think Florida has. And then you have the, you know, I'm sure the players are affected by the hype too. Like everybody's talking about it as a media member. Like when I, you know, and this might sound bad, but like let let, let hear me out here. Like when I first heard the, you know, it's locked in to play in the Rangers. I kind of rolled my eyes because I know everything that comes with that it's all the the news stations uh, all the local broadcasters whether it's uh sny um the local channel four news the local channel two news you know basically all the people that don't come to games during the season they all show up for this because it's devil's rangers it's two local teams um for two weeks hopefully the hockey world in new york is kind of focused on this and the new jersey area uh, but a lot of those media companies are coming over from New York to cover this game. So uh, the press box is a little bit more packed. Uh, you see, you know, uh, the Hockey News sending multiple writers and NHL.com is sending multiple writers. Uh, the Athletic, uh, all types of outlets have all, all types of people there. And if it was Devils, Florida, it would be a completely different story. Like there would still be a little extra uh, media coverage, but it wouldn't be to this level. Um, so I think all that kind of, factors into it and I, and I heard Kenny Danico say uh you know oh, news 12 was here like I don't think the last time they were here was probably 2018 when we were in the playoffs uh you know against Tampa and they're all doing the, these live hits outside at the, the Marty Brodeur statue and everything so you know and it's good for the team it's good to they've had a lot of down seasons it's good to get that kind of publicity remind people that they are a team here a professional team um they had a a, a you know, and Devils fans don't need to be reminded. They had a lot of really tough seasons the last four or five years. And um, this is the culmination. But like I said, I, I think they exceeded expectations, even if it would be very disappointing if they lose four or five games, right? But I still think they're one step ahead of where we expected them to be this year. 
and I look at the future of, you know, two, three, four years from now, what kind of player is Jack Hughes going to be? What kind of player is Nico going to be? What kind of player is uh, Luke Hughes going to be, right? All these guys that are Dawson Mercer, another one, all these younger guys that are going to, instead of being 21, 22, 23, they're going to be 25, 26, 27, maybe. And uh, they're going to have that sour taste probably of, of playoff experience, but, um, and I'm sure it's going to sting to have a season like that and, and possibly not advance past the first round. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is a team that's going to be a team to be reckoned with for a number of seasons um, for people that like comparing things and, and errors. Uh, I look at it more like the old, not old, but the most recent Pittsburgh team where um, they started off with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Flurry, and they kind of added these pieces around them as the years go on. Um, and I think we're going to see the same thing here. I think the Devils will be successful for the next 15, 10, 15 years, possibly, as long as they continue to retool and, and keep up with the times. Um, they seem like they found a great goaltender in Vanacek. Um, that's another big piece of the puzzle. They didn't have goaltending last year, right? We, we talked about seven different goaltenders last year, and, and this year they only had three or four. So big difference. Uh, big picture, the future is bright, but in the, the immediate kind of uh, window, it, it's, it's shrinking substantially. Um, but if they win the next game, I think we could have a, a, a fairly lengthy series. I think everything kind of hinges on this next game now. Yeah, so I, I said in my previous episode, but I'm sure you saw it uh, when uh, the the stats are sent to the media personnel, but it's just like the Devils all-time when trailing a series 0-2, they are 1-7. However, if you want to get specific, they are 1-2 when they drop the first two games of a playoff series at home. They're 1-2. So that one that one playoff series win, when they go 0-2, they drop the first two games at home. I don't know the year, but still, like, you know, just to just to give some hope. I, I think it was 95 against Boston or 94 against Boston. Uh, it's around that time period. They lost the first two, and then they went to Boston, and they won the next two. And sometimes that's how it works in the playoffs. I, I remember the year Carolina won the Cup. They went to Montreal as the as one of the top seeds, and they lost the first two games. Um, and and then they go home and and or, or they come home and they they lose. Uh, they win the first two in Montreal, then they come home and they lose two at home. And so this series work out like that sometimes. But again, game three is huge, huge pivotal. Um, the one thing I want to see, and, and just I know we touched on it a little bit before the power play, the first game, no shots, right? Um, I'd like to see, and, and you've watched enough games, you know, the, the strategy is skate to like the red line, throw it back to Jack and let him do everything and, and carry the puck into the zone. And, and everybody kind of plays off that. Yeah. The Rangers are smart. Like, unfortunately it's not working because they're not giving Jack or, or any of them, any like lanes to run. They're, they're getting them at neutral zone, which is why in game two, you saw a lot of icing calls, especially right. in the third. Right. And so Jack has got to maybe I'd like to see in the next game, I'd like to see him maybe just kind of chip those pucks into the corner. Once he gets to the, the blue line, the Rangers are standing up there. They're, they're, they're waiting. They they've seen the tape. Like we we've watched them enough too. like, we know what's coming and they do too. And maybe he needs to kind of start chipping a couple into the corners, let your teammates outrace somebody. You have five guys on the ice. They have four. 
Like you have to play that to your advantage to, and, and Brad said it after the game, like we have to find ways to be a little bit more creative in the zone, but we have to make sure we get shots on the net. And then you can start to get a little bit more creative because you, you create rebounds, you create guys turning in different directions and, and you get funny bounces. And, and sometimes that leads to um, better opportunities than for sure they've had. There's still more in store with Dan Rice of Pucks and Pitchforks. But before we continue, I want to tell you about a product that I use every day. So I started taking AG1 because I wanted to be happier. I wanted to be healthier. My body is a temple. And I got to start treating it as such. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and abstinence to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. So it's lifestyle is friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's best about Athletic Greens is that it uses best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out after your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, I know ticket prices can be a little outrageous, so here to help is game time. So, obviously, The Rock has been bumping the last couple of days due to the playoffs, but maybe you want to head over to Madison Square Garden and watch the Devils take on the New York Rangers hopefully to climb out of this 2-0 hole. So game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, hockey, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute ticket deals, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Let's finish off our conversation with Dan Rice of Pucks and Pitchforks. Take it away once again. So I gotta, I gotta ask you, like, where do the Devils go from here? Because just to, just to read the uh, lineup combination, you got Palat, Heisher, and Brad. That was, uh, that this was for practice. Hala, Hughes, and Tatar, Meyer, McLeod, Mercer, Sharon Govich, Wood, or Lazar, or Bocus, or Bashin. Then for defense, you got Siegenthaler and Hamilton, Grays and Marino, Smith and Severson. Hughes and Ball, then Vancheck and Schmidt are still your uh your your starting and and backup goalie. But I gotta I gotta hear your thoughts. So um where do the devils go from here? Is there any hope? Like we talked about the all-time record, we talked about what they need to work on, and this lineup combination that Lindy Ruff was rolling with in practice, quite honestly, has me a little concerned because I know you gotta shake things up, but I don't think that's what the devil's discourse had in mind. So I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I look at it kind of both both sides of it. Like, they have two goals in, in two games, right? 
one is a penalty shot and the other is on a power play. So at even strength, they haven't done anything. Um, so I kind of understand the changing of the lines. And the other part of that is, and I just finished my recap for uh, Pucks and Pitchforks, um, the Tatar, Heesher, Mercer line, which had been their best line and maybe most consistent, uh, consistently kept together trio. They had zero shots last night. The three of them combined for zero shots. Like that's, and they had, you know, and, and that's saying like, and the Rangers didn't have the last change, right? So the Rangers are just kind of, um, they're not they're not able to get the defensive players they wanted out against them. Um, so, but the other side of me looks at it like you changed everything and it, this feels like a big panic move. Um, but sometimes that's what happens when you're down 0-2 in a series. Like it, it gets away from you pretty quick. And uh, if they lose tomorrow, uh, you know, it, it could be, you know, we next time I'm at Prudential Center it could be for a locker clean out day. Um, I'm hoping I get at least one more game. Uh, but you know, to, going into tomorrow, like you have to, you have to try different things. You have to try something to create more offense. The shot on goal total we talked about, or I mentioned earlier, like that has to rise up. Um, and maybe a little pressure is on the Rangers now, right? They're the home team. Everybody's kind of expecting them to, uh, to show up and, and kind of finish things off. Um, and Interesting uh, quote last night from, from Jesper Bratt said, uh, I think it was Mike Morial from NHL.com who asked, you know, what, what gives you confidence that your team can come back from this now? And he says, uh, you know, well, we started the season 0-2, right? And after that, we went 18-1-1. So we believe we can make this a series. We believe that we can turn things around. We know we have the capability in this locker room to do it. It's just a matter of believing in one, in one another and staying out of the penalty box is a big part of that too. Um, but just, they have to just give a little bit more and, and their backs are really against the wall. Like uh, one of the things I wrote, this isn't a must win game, but it's about as close to a must win game as you get. Cause um, yeah, your chances they, to come back down three, nothing are pretty much zero. Right. And you never want to count anybody out. I, I think maybe even Timo Meyer was on a team that came back from an O three deficit. Um, I, I could be remembering that wrong. He might've been on the other side of it, but, but either way, like you go down 0-3, like that's a really tall task. You go down 2-1, all right, you win the next game, then it's just the best out of three, right? And now you have all the momentum going back home. There's going to be a couple of days off between game four and a potential game five. There'll be that extra day, I think actually two days of rest because we go Monday, Thursday. So um, everything could change if, if they play really well uh, tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow, Saturday, and, and they win that game. Um, changes the perspective of everything, but um, whether we see complete line chaos and, and complete line blender, it's a definite possibility. Um, I, I still wonder about not putting Timo with either Jack or, or uh, Nico. Yeah, um, Nico but, actually performed really well together. Right. But I also <laughs> like the idea of, of kind of splitting them up where, you know, if the last change, right, the Rangers can put their best defense up uh, Fox and whoever against Jack. Um, if Jack just had a shift and they couldn't get out there, then they could put them out against Nico. But then, you know, you might, Meyer might come and get you on the, the other line. You can't defend everybody at the same time um, with your best players. Um, so I think that's part of the reasoning too. I'd kind of like to see Luke Hughes get a game at this point. Um, I feel like one way or another, he's going to play, either tomorrow or, or Monday night. 
Um, it feels like it won't be uh, it won't be the next game, but we'll see. You know, any, anything could change, and um, hopefully, he gets at least one game of experience. But we'll we'll see how they end up playing it out. Yep. In the words of Eric Holla, according to Amanda Stein, we're not done. We're far from done. I think that's the biggest message. We're not defeated. We're going to keep uh, passing and we're going to get better or we're going to keep pressing, excuse me, and we're going to get better. It's far from over all the above. So that's why we have someone like Eric Holla on the team. Just just having that veteran uh, leadership, people who might have been in these situations before. So hopefully the New Jersey Devils can turn it around. And yes, you got to treat it as a must win. And I always say, like, people doubt the Devils going into the year. They doubted them at the beginning of the year. They doubted them in January. They were questioning Jack Hughes' health. They were questioning Dougie Hamilton's health. So they were questioning if Lindy Ruff was suitable to be the head coach. And I personally think he still is. So, um, yeah, why doubt the Devils at this point now? I, 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 I think people should learn their lesson. Like, don't doubt the Devils. And it's not over until the final buzzer sounds, triple zeros have hit the board. And, it says Rangers advancing to the next round. So uh, it's not it's not over until uh, until you get that final moment. So I, either way, I think the Devils, it's definitely going to be an uphill battle. You got to go into enemy territory. But whatever the case might be, I'm excited for it. And um, and I hope to see you again real soon, Dan, because my semester is winding down. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they, they have to go, you know, they have to just kind of leave it all out there tomorrow night and uh, play with a little reckless abandon, but play smart, short shifts. Um, like I kind of said, chip the puck in, win a wall battle, win one of those 50-50 battles, uh, kind of create some chaos. They definitely have to get more traffic in front of the goalie. That was another thing that Brant mentioned last night. He said, we, we're not getting enough traffic. We're, we're giving him easy shots to stop. We have to put bodies in front of him, take some more sharp angled shots. Um but, and they've been a, uh, they've been a, a great road team all season. So um, Devils fans should be confident in them, despite what just happened in, in the, the last two games. Um, this team, you know, just look back to a week ago, the last game of the regular season, right? They were losing 3 nothing and 4-1, to and they came back and they won that game against, albeit a, a little decrepit uh, Washington Capitals team. But um, they still were able to, to pull that off on the road. Um, in an important game, a game that it didn't have like a life or death playoff meaning, but um, that game had some meaning to them. And, and uh, it was great to see that, that kind of come back. And I think we'll see, a, I'm pretty confident we'll see a better effort tomorrow night. Okay. So if people want reference, the Devils at home, they are 24, 13, and four on the road. They are 28, nine and four. So they are definitely a better road team. Uh, obviously, uh, like a month or two ago, that number was way more jarring because the Devils were losing a lot at home. But anyway, uh, Dan, I want to thank you for taking the time to share some great insight, uh, share your perspective, and uh, basically shine some light uh, for my audience as to what can be expected these next couple of games for New Jersey Devils. Where can my audience find you? Uh, yeah, thanks, first of all, for having me on again. Uh, it was great to see you during the season as well. Look forward to seeing you again, uh, hopefully in the upcoming season. Uh, people can find me on Twitter uh, at D Rice Hockey or Dr. Ice Hockey, however you want to kind of interpret it. Uh, everybody has their own uh, interpretation of it. Um, and you can find my work at Pucks and Pitchforks. Uh, if you're into women's hockey, I know you've covered that a little bit here with uh, our friend Soraya Tinker. Uh, you can find my work uh, on women's hockey over at the Ice Garden. 
I do kind of a, a, a bunch of different stuff for them lately. Uh, did podcast before. I've been doing Twitter spaces. We went independent. So um, we're sorting all that kind of stuff out. Uh, the podcast will be back up and running soon. Um, but yeah, thank, thanks again for having me on. Um, you do a great job. Uh, it's great to see you in person, as I said, and, and I look forward to crossing paths with you down the road for sure. Thank you, my friend. And uh, depending on how this series goes, well, maybe you might see me in a playoff series or maybe you'll see me for the exit meeting interviews. We, we will, we will see, but I've, either way, our paths will cross once again, but uh, hey. you just heard from Dan Rice and basically uh, providing some insight. I'm sorry, you had something to say? Yeah, and, and uh, if you're going to be in, in, the, in the area in the summertime, uh, development camp will be over in Newark uh, right right around 4th of July, right after the draft, like a week or two after the draft. All the, the draft picks come in, all the prospects that have been at college and play with their junior teams. Um, that's always a great opportunity to, to do interviews and, and kind of get to know these kids before they become real deal NHL players. Um, I did a lot of great interviews over the years at those things. I, I feel like I've talked to Blake Coleman like seven times at those things over the years. Um, and then, you know, you saw the, the progression and development of him and he's, he's a two time Stanley cup champion now. Right. Albeit, uh, unfortunately not with the devils, but, um, he still, you know, he, he still considers New Jersey his home. He still considers New Jersey his home. He, he does. And he's, he's a great guy and, and it's, as a, as a reporter, it's great to get to know those kids. And so this way, maybe if you, you do cross paths with them or they do get called up down the road, they, they recognize somebody that, you know, wanted to talk to them when they weren't uh, really much anybody. Um, so always a great opportunity if you can make it out for that. Hopefully I'll see you there too. Um, but yes, uh, hopefully we have a couple more games here. I'm, I'm thinking at least one more. Um, three, four more would be great. Uh, but we'll, we'll cross those, those paths. We got to take care of uh, game three tomorrow night first. We'll see what happens. And uh, like I said, uh, in the words of Nico, he why not? Let's prove them wrong. So it was never easy and it'll, and it'll continue to never be easy. But uh, I, if I've learned one thing this year, don't count out the devils under any circumstance. Yeah, for real. They, they've proven it, you know, time and time again, and they've played their best when people have doubted them. Um, like, like I mentioned, Brat mentioned, uh, they started 0-2, right? Everybody's booing them off the ice, and then they went 18-1-1, uh, which is ridiculous to think about. Um, but they, they're certainly capable. Playoffs is a different animal, but I, I, I feel pretty feel pretty good about their chances going into tomorrow night. But let, let's see what happens, and uh, we'll reconnect soon. Yep, the We Believe Devils team. Thank you so much, Dan. Anytime, buddy. Take care.